residing deep within Happy Valley in central Pennsylvania. Here is your host, Michael Lanik. Fanables, we're back for another episode of the Hunger for Hannibal podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lanik, and with me is Sarah. Hey, Fanables. Um, so this uh, this is kind of getting towards the end of season one, and uh, it's it's a big episode. It's probably one of the best episodes of the series. Uh, definitely is sitting near the top of season one. Yeah. Uh, and this is your favorite episode, right, of season one? Very much so. It's just the combination of you know, Brian Fuller's influence with horror-esque, you know, sustenance in it. And it just um, makes for quite the horror-esque cocktail. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice combination of uh, just the standard horror tropes, uh, just the, the, the scares... Uh, just the blood, you know, the big blood splatter at the beginning when when the killer kills the the girl, and it's just like this fountain of blood kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's like they really just said, you know what, we're just gonna just go with the whole horror thing and just just for fun. Almost like a little bit of a wink towards the audience <laughs> that has seen a bunch of horror movies. Yeah, and word of advice, fanables, don't eat your lunch while you watch this episode. Yeah, you made that mistake. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't eat most of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably for the best. So, yes, a word, words from the wise. Uh, <laughs> yes, eating lunch while eating, well, eating lunch while watching any Hannibal episode is, you know what, you're risking, you're risking your lunch. <laughs> so. And then you see Hannibal's entrees, though, and then you get hungry, and it's just a vicious circle. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, the, I don't care if it's made out of human flesh, these things look damn good. Yeah, uh, even if I knew it was people, I'd try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I just like I block it out. Be like, this tastes like chicken or something. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so okay, so this episode is a it's a big deal. There's a lot of uh, stuff that kind of pushes the plot forward. Um, we get a really good killer of the week. Uh, yeah. And they they kind of develop the killer in a very unexpected way. So what was your favorite your favorite scene or your favorite thing about this episode? What was the thing for you that really like made you go, wow, I love this? It was such a small scene that I forgot about it, too, before watching this again. But my absolute favorite scene, not just from this episode, but from this season, is George Manchin hiding under Will's bed and just looking like a tattered, scared doll like she just looks so innocent and scared and will you know laying down beside the bed looking at her and reaching out his hand to touch her hand and just comfort her and let her know she's alive and someone's there to help her it was just such a touching endearing beautiful moment for will and will's like looking at her because she's absolutely the reflection of what he sees in his mind for himself right now yeah, and because they have so many parallels uh, between the characters um, in this episode, it's it's so well done. You know, they're both suffering from 
or they both feel like they're suffering from a, like something mental, mental illness of some kind. Um, well, she doesn't initially, but she does come to, to see that. But um, they're both they're both so damaged. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, it's such a lovely thing. This I don't know this this dynamic connection between the two. It's there's such a sympathy from Will. It, I don't know. It's just hard to describe it in a way that makes it feel like it's doing it justice. But there is. There's such a. It's such a humanity, and Will reaches out to try. Like when he reaches out to touch her to to tell her that she's alive. It's like he's also convincing himself that she's alive, or that he's alive as well. And there's just so. He's suffering from so much pain right now, and so is she. And he can empathize so well with her that it's such it's coming off from a place of understanding and acceptance. Yeah, and just their little hand touch, you know, to her is assuring she's alive, and to him it's assuring that she's not a hallucination, she's real at the same time, because he's been slipping way more into hallucinations and time jumping this episode. Yeah, he's um, you know drawing the clock in Hannibal's uh, you know uh, session, and then he draws the clock in his mind. It looks like a clock when in reality it's like all the numbers are squished to the right hand side, and it's just a weird looking, you know, it's like something you know that you would see, I don't know, a weird twisted painting or something. It's very like, Picasso or something. Or, or yeah, or, Sal- or Salvador Dali. Yeah. Something like, them, like that, you know. So uh, this is this is such a, a scary thing to see because you're like, oh, God, you know, he really is suffering from something. And he is. He's suffering from encephalitis, right? Yeah. I remember watching this the first time around, and when he drew the clock, I was like, and Hannibal looked at it, I'm like, oh, man, how is Hannibal going to break that to him? And then he's just not saying anything. I'm like, Hannibal, you tell him. No, Hannibal, <laughs> don't ignore him. <laughs> he just lets it stew and th- tell him that, or let, doesn't even tell him anything. He just kind of closes the book and acts like everything's okay. And Will kind of can go along thinking everything's all right. And Hannibal's still just trying to push the notion that it's mental illness. Nothing's physically wrong with him. And takes him to go see his neurological buddy, Dr. Sutcliffe, for an MRI. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so all right, I want to I want to touch on this because this it's going to lead me into something that really irritated me about this episode. <laughs> so I'm going to back up a second here. Um, so Will initially he takes he he's like he's been out fishing. He comes in, he takes you know one of the giant fish starts slicing it open there's blood just coming everywhere and all of a sudden he's not cutting up in a fish he's literally choking the victim in in the murder in the crime scene <laughs> and he gets up thinking that he had done it and i remember the first time i watched this i was just like what the hell what's going on here you know it, it freaked me out <laughs> did will just kill somebody did he just kill somebody like what what's going on and then after you know a few minutes, I realized what was going on. He just he's getting in so deep now. He's not just he's not doing the windshield wiper method where he kind of puts himself in the place of the killer. He he is so deep right now in anybody 
psyche that he tries to adopt that um, it, it's causing scenes like this to happen. And it, you know, it really irritated me because it leads me back into this case. So the whole, you know, Dr. Sutcliffe takes Will, there's an MRI scan, obviously Sutcliffe realizes that it's encephalitis. Hannibal has known about Will's encephalitis for quite some time. He could smell it. Yeah, and flat out tells Sutcliffe that, yeah, it's encephalitis. I can smell it. You know, there's some heat and fevered sweetness. And <laughs> yeah. What do you smell on me? <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, so, yeah, you were talking about how Hannibal just doesn't tell Will anything. And I want to draw a parallel between Hannibal and Jack in this episode because... To me, in a lot of ways, they kind of share similar viewpoints when it comes to Will. In that, Jack sees Will as a workhorse. Yeah. Um, he doesn't... Both he and Hannibal are willing to, to sacrifice... Maybe Will's uh, sanity. <laughs> Everything is for the greater good with them. It's all for the short term, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. And, you know, on one hand, Jax is something like, you know, after um, they go outside, they're having a conversation um, shortly after the scene where he thinks he's just killed somebody. And, uh, you know, he, first he's like, you know, what's what's happening if I have I broken you? Um, and that's, that's, that's fine. But the thing is, it's almost like a token, uh, sense of responsibility. It's like on one hand, he'll say stuff like that, where he actually seems like he's interested in Will's overall well-being and health, mental health. Yeah. And yet it doesn't stop him from continuing to push continuing to push i need you here in this crime seat and you i need you to solve this murder you know and on the other side of that you've got hannibal who confesses in earlier episodes that will is a friend and he wants a friend and obviously he sees will as very important to him and yet while all that is you know great we also have to watch as Hannibal just doesn't mention anything about the encephalitis. So it's like they're very similar in that way. On one hand, they care about Will, but it doesn't stop them from doing both harming Will in some way. Whether it's Jack pushing, 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 or it's obvious that the, the effects of some, something is affecting Will mentally. And it's been going on for weeks now. And yet Jack just brushes it aside like well if we catch the next serial killer it's okay he'll be fine he'll be fine when it's worth it yes. and on, in, in Hannibal it's I have a friend and he's suffering from a encephalitis but I'm curious as to how this will go so I'm not going to mention anything yeah with Jack it's he pushes Will and justifies it with saving lives where with Hannibal he wants to watch yeah, Will is his friend but he also has a curiosity about what's going to happen to him if he just lets him burn. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like it's like a, a lab, a lab rat. Yeah. You know, it's 
you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's, let's turn the heat up. Let's see what happens. Oh, it could kill him? Eh, we'll take the chance. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter. Um, so it's just a, it's a sad thing to see. And it irritated me so much in this episode because I'm watching Jack do this to Will. When it's obvious that he shouldn't be out in the field right now. He's got something going on. He should be getting it taken care of. And yet, it's like the, oh, Hannibal will take care of it. He'll sort it out. We'll, we'll just we'll put we'll do what we got to do with with Will here. Hannibal works a miracle and make make Will better. Hannibal's you know he's Mister Nice Guy. He's there to help everybody. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's uh, one way to put one way to put it. He cooks um, such nice dinners and he's such a good therapist and everybody likes him. How could he do anybody wrong? <laughs> oh boy, let, let me count the ways. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, like I said, it's very irritating in this episode to see these two kind of view Will as somebody that can be sacrificed for the greater good, um, whatever it is on each, you know, characters, uh, whatever that greater good means to them. Um, so yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't know, it was very irritating, like I said. So, um, so they don't tell Will about this. Sutcliffe's like, yeah, sure. I'll go along. I'll, uh, you know, I'll do this. And, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't last too long, does he? Nope, because he hesitates, and Hannibal just can't take a chance on someone who hesitates. And so how does his death come, you know, how does that happen? <laughs> That's definitely one of my favorite. If I ever show somebody, you know, a picture to get them to watch Hannibal. It's either the violin man or it's Dr. Sutcliffe with his head just... It's the Glasgow smile on steroids. <laughs> Half his head is just fallen back. Oh, yeah. I mean, he looks like... Um... Oh, have you... Have you ever seen uh, Beetlejuice, the movie? Yeah. It's like that. It's like that oh, one scene yeah. where they kind of like open their mouths up super wide, yes. like way wide, and it's like that with like their tongues coming out. Like that, it that reminds me so much of that. It's yeah, creepy. very true. Actually, never yeah. even thought of that. <laughs> Don't ask me where I pulled that from. That was just kind of like, whoa, okay. It's so yeah. true, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, he goes down, and <laughs> Hannibal. Make sure to hand the scissors to to the uh, uh, what's her name Georgia. Yes, the because, pretty zombie girl. Because <laughs> the because she comes, she follows Will, and she ends up finding somebody killing the good doctor. Well, he's long he's been long since dead. He's just finishing up. Yeah, he's just adding his artistic flair. <laughs> and that leads her to getting the, the her fingerprints on the the the, the murder weapon. Right? And, yes. Yeah, so that's not good. <laughs> oh, um, before, back, jumping back for a bit, uh, the scene where Will grabs her arm uh, and takes the skin off, that was gnarly to watch. Uh, yeah. Will returns to the crime scene just to, I guess, I don't know, maybe he tries to do the windshield wiper pendulum thing, trying to rein go through it again so we can understand what happened, but instead, you know, he finds George Manchin still hiding under the bed, and 
you know, she, of course, tries to run, but he grabs her hand and the glove of skin comes off her arm. This is the point where I stopped eating my lunch, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's just disgusting. <laughs> I'm like, mm. and that's it. <laughs> Found my barrier. <laughs> I mean, that's just seriously cut. Yeah, yeah that, that was nasty. And they, they couldn't find it. What the hell did he do with the skin? I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. That's just, I don't even want to think about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's that's like a snake shedding its skin. I, mean, I, yeah. I just want, like, one episode down, like, season two. He's, like, you know, flipping over his mattress or something and finds it. Oh, God. This is, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, what did you think about, I guess, what did you think about the justification, I believe, in Hannibal's mind to, to do the things that he's done? Because he did something pretty terrible at the end of the episode, too, didn't he? Yeah, but that's more in Hannibal's character to do to somebody who he couldn't trust entirely. I mean... I guess, but I mean, ah, uh, I don't know. It's irritating. <laughs> it it just it. It seems uh, seems like a frivolous waste of you know someone who is your kind of colleague friend, but also is willing to keep secrets. But for the moment that Hannibal, you know, has doubts, that's his reason to kill him. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, look, I know it's it's in his best interest, but you know, I don't know. You just you. We're not Hannibal. <laughs> we wouldn't do it. <laughs> I guess it's true. So, all right. So, uh, my favorite scene in this episode is actually the conversation between Will and Georgia, um, mm-hmm. where she's in her capsule, kind of you know on the mend, covering. She's finally. With medic, with obviously with medication, with everything, she's she now understands the truth, and uh, the it's just a sad scene because it's somebody who finally and fully understands the weight of everything she had done, regardless of whether or not it was you know something in her head that that you know this condition, this disease, but she's gonna live with that for the rest of her life, right? Yeah, but apparently to Hannibal, it's completely treatable with, um, in her severe case, with electroshock therapy. <laughs> it doesn't uh, sound pleasant. Yeah, I mean, it, well, that's true, but, man, I don't know. It's just, it's such a poignant moment as they're just, like, talking, and I uh, just, I felt so bad for her character, you know, the whole time, but it's it's at the end of that end episode or the end scene there with her towards the end of the uh, the episode that just really killed me. I just yeah. I, I really I, I I got a little misty. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, and she's thinking you know a very last bit of her memories is her you know we get to see Doctor Sutcliffe and we get to see Hannibal actually for the first time I think we get to see him in action. Yeah. Am I crazy? I think that's the first time we get to watch him do this. Yeah, it is the first time, actually. Yeah, we get to see the infamous, lovely kill yep. suit, very American Psycho. <laughs> yeah, the, well, they really took 
they took their time to show to have finally show it on the show. Yeah. So I think it was it was meant it was meant for a purpose. Like it was supposed to be. Oh wow, he's actually doing it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I love that they didn't make it like, you know, this grand moment where a huge build up. It was just kind of subtly played at the end, and it was really effective and so creepy. Yeah. Because he's um, still in his nice suit, but he's got his, you know, clear kill suit over it. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so earlier I'd mentioned that uh, there were some parallels between uh, Will and Georgia. And, you know, like I, like I said earlier, she needed to be, you know, reminded that she was alive. And Will needs to be reminded that he is too, because... He's so unsure of where he's at or what's going on most of the time that I feel like he needs to constantly be like, okay, I am a, I'm actually alive, okay? Like, I'm not imagining this like he did with the fish. Like, then turn crime scene. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't know. It There's also a, a reality, like trying to, you know, differentiate between reality uh, the hallucinations are an issue, um, and and Will can't tell the difference between what is a is a hallucination, what isn't, and she can't tell the difference between reality and the fact that she's she's dead. You know, she believes yeah. she's dead. So, um, I don't know. It's just there's just I don't know this connection between the two and the the the, the similar uh, points of view with regards to like being alive you know being with it and obviously the two of them have some real you know things to get through <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit uh and that's not even counting will's encephalitis <laughs> yeah that he doesn't even know about um yeah there was no uh oh uh anna is not in this episode this week Anna. Oh. Or, Abigail? Uh, boy. Uh, Am I slipping my mind? Uh, Alana? This. Alana, thank you. Alana. <laughs> I'm Anna. like, Anna. I'm like, um, uh, Leah? Or... <laughs> yeah, yes. As you can see, I'm a fan of the show. Uh, <laughs> I've watched a lot of episodes. I know the characters very well. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Alana is not in it this week. Yeah, that's true. It actually didn't even occur to me that she was didn't appear, but I guess if she was in the episode at some point, she would definitely be the voice of reason with Will and Jack, putting him in his place, taking him out immediately. Yeah, and they, they didn't want to do that because of what they had to do, so it was easier to just make her not fit, you know, be around. Yeah, I figure she's just hanging out with Abigail at the mental hospital. Uh, yeah, of course. With Freddy. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. What was, is there anything else in this episode that really struck you? I really liked that Um, when Will came back to the crime scene, he called up Beverly to come and, um, you know, try and help him prove that he didn't, you know, kill this person and that seeing Georgia was real because he lost the glove of skin 
somewhere. <laughs> so he needed to retrace his steps and have her validate that everything he was trying to find was real. Yeah. Um, but it was nice seeing just the two of them. Yeah, that's something that, we, you know, you get more of in future episodes as we get into season two. There's uh, that's that's something that uh, if you're a viewer, let's just say they will be having more discussions and teaming up a little bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> not the happier discussions, but no. this one wasn't too bad. It was more just like, I trust you enough to, you know, not go to Jack behind my back and that you'll be truthful with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was also some nice conversations, conversations between Will <laughs> and Hannibal in this episode. Um, what did you, what did you think? I mean, as you're watching Hannibal and you know, he knows about Will and the encephalitis. It's just, I know what Hannibal is. I know how, how he can be, but I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's some stone cold stuff. Let me tell you. Yeah. I, um, I love the conversation they have about, um, Hannibal publishing anything on Will and that he assures him that he would, you know change it up, change his name, etc. to make sure no one knew it was him. But then he's just like, do me a favor and do it post posthumously. And um, he says, after your death or mine, whichever comes first. Yeah. <laughs> Loved that line. Yeah, that's that's full of meaning and subtext. You know? <laughs> you can just uh, see Hannibal's like, oh, it'll probably be yours. <laughs> Yes, it's all going to come a lot sooner than you think. <laughs> um, I'll publish whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I just, I think for someone who will confess to his own therapist that how much he enjoys being around Will, it, the fact that he's going to such great lengths to make him think that what he's suffering from is a severe mental illness... Rather than, yeah. something, rather than something treatable, which it is. I remember um, in the book, a line that stuck with me was that um, someone was describing, you know, what is most beautiful to Hannibal, and that's watching the world around him be on the brink of destruction. And I think that's what he's doing with Will, is just trying to push him to break, and that's seeing the most beautiful part of Will to him. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I can see what he's talking about, but it's just crazy. But then again, it's Hannibal and he eats people, so, you know. Yeah, it's crazy to us, but it's just his life to him. And, you know, Jack and Hannibal have a nice little drink together as well. Yeah, it's always Brandy with them. Yeah, Brandy seems like it would be something that Jack would drink, actually. Yeah. It's a good choice. And knowing Hannibal, it's the fanciest, nicest brandy you'll ever find. <laughs> yeah, but this does probably cost more than a bottle that I make in, you know, a week. Yeah, probably more than a month, I'm guessing, month. for Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, probably you're right. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably like a cup. <sighs> it's got to be a few grand, one bottle of that for Hannibal, his taste. Yeah. Because we see that... Um, the rare pig leg he was serving up Dr. Sutcliffe, and I guess what he was carving was prosciutto. I'm guessing. But that was quite something, too. Watching him carve up the giant leg on the table. 
Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, come on. The one thing we know isn't people, at least. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Like, yum, prosciutto, but don't carve it in front of me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, no kidding. Did you, uh... Did you like that that the part of the episode with Will kind of just the time losing time? I mean, did you like that aspect of what they were trying to show there, the way they did it? It was really effective. Like um, when I remember first watching it, I had like the same reaction, thinking that you know when he jumps to uh, the crime scene that he had actually done it, and it was such a super shock, but. I got. We gotta remember that Will is still Will, even though he doesn't remember being Will. But he just feels like he can get into the mind of a killer that he's capable of killing innocent people, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. it. It's um. I don't know. I was so. I was so um enthralled by this episode i know it it's it's weird it's like you know like you like that scene right where will's sleeping and georgia hovers you know in front of the window yeah creepily watching him sleep right because that's that's not creepy at all (laughs) um and then you see her, her mom holding a picture of her in the next scene yeah, and she looks so glowing and normal and It's like sweet. what? How did like yeah. Where did like you know almost almost unrecognizable. Like you almost don't think it's the same person. Yeah, it's only know? because you know the actress so you know it's the same person. Yeah. Um and I like the the thing that the mother says where she talks about how so little is known about mental illness. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, so true. You know, it is it's definitely true. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a signal, like, hey, you know, look at this rare condition that exists and look what it does to my daughter and nobody knows anything about anything, you know, when it comes to the mind. Yeah, you know? the doctor's telling, told her exactly what Will's being told by Sutcliffe. It's just that they don't know what it is. It's not anything we can treat, different answers, different questions, etc., and I love the line. She, I think she said, um, mental illness is rarely about finding solutions. It's about managing expectations, which is so true. Yeah. It's it's a very devastating line is what it is, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think that it's the, the mother, I mean, what she's going through, to know what her daughter's going through. Like, How do you, how, what do you do with that? Yeah, and for a mother to feel relief at the thought that her daughter might be at peace and passed away is so heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, Jack has a nice scene with Will where they're talking about, you know, Miriam dying and how Jack had to come back and pick up, pack up all the stuff and how hard that was, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's... It's like you get the side of Jack where he seems very caring and so repentant for maybe things that he had done in the past that have caused other people harm. And like I said, then in the same breath, he'll just continue to push Will like this. Yeah. Like, 
you see it reinforced over and over again. It's like, I know the lesson I'm supposed to learn, but I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. And, I don't know. It's so frustrating with Jack. Yeah, it's something that I don't, I don't get. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. It's like, I, on one hand, I get why he's doing it, but at the same time, you should be caring about the people underneath you and caring enough that this doesn't happen. Yeah, and like, in this case, like, you... You have really good FBI agents. You don't technically need him anymore. You know, there's not some serial killer mass killing. It's just a, you know, a girl that's, you know, killed her friend so far. You don't need Will for that. No. Um, so, that scene with Dr. Sutcliffe when Will comes out of the, the scan. <laughs> And goes in, you were mentioning about how crazy it is, like how like, over the top, you know, like times ten. Yeah, and Will's got to think that he did that too. Yeah, because at, at this point his mind is deteriorating, and that earlier scene where he woke up in the crime scene was choking the, the corpse, it sets this up perfectly because everyone's thinking, maybe you did do it. I mean, if yeah. you, you know, like there's even just a little bit of doubt, just an inkling of doubt, you know. Yeah, I remember completely thinking that, you know, that the first one definitely wasn't him, but that maybe the second one killing Sutcliffe was him. It was yeah. entirely plausible. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. And it's, it's, I don't know. It, I guess it's just irritating, you know, when you watch how, Will gets treated by somebody in the colleagues. Like, everybody else is nice to him. You know, and Alana is, like, the only person who treats Will... Without like her a, own personal agenda. Yeah. She treats him like a normal person. Um, she doesn't have an agenda. Cares about him, obviously. Um, wants what's best for him, and that's it. Not like, what? what can you do for me today? Yeah, exactly. Like she just wants what's best for his well-being, you know, and nothing more from him. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's something that I, I see get because <laughs> I mean, because Will is the main character, and he's the person who is human, and has the most to lose. And everybody around him just treats him like one of his dogs that he can just be used for their purposes. And not, you know, it won't affect them. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. Um, so this is, yeah, this is one of those episodes, I don't know why. And I, so I apologize <laughs> to everybody where I, I'm like getting like wound up over what probably to a lot of people seems like a very insignificant aspect of the episode. But it's not that it's an ins insignificant aspect of the episode. It's a significant aspect of the entire first season. Yeah. And it's it's not something like, okay, in this episode, we are isolating these odd behaviors from two characters. Uh, it's This is something that has repeated over and over again, where obviously this is taking a toll on Will. And Jack looks kind of like he's concerned, but like doesn't think, okay, this is getting too much for him. I need to pull, I need to pull him back. 
You know, they try to shove it all on Hannibal. I mean, they don't know what Hannibal is, but they like just think that Hannibal is going to work some miracles and keep Will fine while they extract everything that they need out of him. Yeah, like that's just Jack um, hits his beauty sleep. You know, he can sleep at night because he knows Hannibal is treating Will, and you know he can throw all his concerns out the window because he thinks Hannibal's taking care of him. But, you know, despite seeing Will deteriorating and acknowledging that he's deteriorating and, you know, having a voice of reason, he still does absolutely nothing to do to stop it. No, he doesn't do anything to stop it. It's it's just so hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, Yeah, this was... uh... I don't know what well I mean I don't know what else to say I guess about <laughs> no. the episode it's just it's just a really well done episode it's got a lot of really great flavors to it that everybody will recognize uh, when they watch it it's got a really great killer of the week um, yeah it's because, like when it's when it's okay. one of your favorite episodes you just feel like it's you keep repeating yourself like it's so great <laughs> yeah well it you know there's just lovely things about it in the underscores like the killer of the week underscores some things that are going on with will himself yeah and that's the best way when it's done that way it's done that's the best it does it, it helps illuminate the similar things in other characters and it did that in this episode yeah it's a fantastic episode do you want to do we want to rate it sure yeah go ahead well, I think mine's obvious. I'm going to be giving it a 10 out of 10 because it is one of my favorite episodes, not just of season one, but of the entire series. I don't know. It's just, I think it has to do with just the relationship between Georgia and Will. There's something so innocent. Ten- tender, and, tender. Yeah, truly tender and endearing between them. And it's lovely to watch. But you add in the... Yeah, she's killed people and given somebody a Glasgow smile, and she looks like a walking corpse, but it's dressed like a young girl. It's There's so many horror-esque tropes in it that are played, you know, with Brian Fuller behind it, they're played, you know, so high level. And it's a really great episode. Even if you're only watching this episode and haven't watched anything before, it's still like a great mini horror episode for anybody to watch. And yeah, it's fantastic. 10 out of 10. Yep. Uh, I have to give it a 10 out of 10 as well. <laughs> it's uh, it's really, really, really good. Um, like I said, there's such tenderness there and uh, empathy from Will. Because he sees this, this person who not he doesn't see a killer, he sees somebody who is in a lot of pain, and obviously suffering f- a lot, and without maybe understanding really what she wasn't. And this kind of episode, because the horror aspects were just so well done, when it turns like the killer of the week. You know, from being some dastardly villain, evil person, to just somebody who's really, truly suffering from a mental illness. And it's a rare condition, but it, it's causing some awful things to happen. And I just, I appreciated what they, they try to do with this episode. And they kind of turn some of those tropes and conventions on their heads in the, you know, in this episode. So, 
Uh, 10 out of 10. I can't give it higher. It deserves every, you know, <laughs> bit of that 10 out of 10. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for the, the rating. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, next episode is, I can't remember what the episode is. Another French name <laughs> that I can't remember. It's going to be episode 11. Oh, that's right. It's Roti. I should have known that off by heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's our next episode, and uh, we'll be looking forward to that. So, um, before we, we go, um, uh, a few announcements. Um, so, by this point, if you're listening to this podcast and you've been kind of following along, you'll know that we have two additional podcasts. Um, we have the Friday Night Lights podcast, which is actually titled Friday Night Mics. And uh, in that, we go over every episode of the TV show Friday Night Lights. Uh, I've watched it uh, several times over. This will be her first time watching it. So that gives us an interesting dynamic uh, when it comes to recording because I can come at it from a different perspective and she can only come at it from somebody who hasn't seen any additional episodes. So. It's really, really good. Uh, we really enjoyed doing it. The other podcast is the uh, American Gods podcast that we we have started recently. Um, we are going to be covering the TV show American Gods. Uh, but until that happens, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the book and the casting and what we think the show is going to be and what's it going to look like. Anything that comes out, any stills, any information, any casting news, uh, whatever, we are going to aim to uh, hopefully be the the podcast you go to for everything American Gods. Yes. Try and get all the information and try and hopefully eventually down the road talk to some people involved with it. Yes, that's uh, that's something we definitely are aiming for. Uh, hopefully that happens. So uh, we can't make any guarantees, but we are ho- you know hoping to get uh, those kind of uh, interviews for you. So um, Sarah, why don't you give them? Uh, uh, well, I guess actually, you know what? No. Because I have the contact information. Yes, for the show, for Hannibal, if you want to write in, if you want to, you know, give us your two cents, uh, feel free. And it is hunger, hungryforhannibal at gmail.com. So, yeah, just send us some feedback in. And if, it, if we get it, we will air it on the show. Absolutely. No matter what you talk about, we will talk about what you talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I th- I think that pretty much uh, that pretty much does it for for this one, for yep. this episode. So that wraps it. All right. Well, everybody, I will see you next episode. Uh, until then, I'll be hungry for Hannibal, and Sarah will as well. Always. And uh, we will see you next time. Have a good night. Have a good night, Hannibals. Bye.